So our team came up with the idea of doing yoga on the Yarra and we did a beautiful yoga session at sunrise. So we pitched it to the Today Show um, and they actually came down and did a live cross from there, which is like in PR world, that's really big to get the Today Show because <laughs> you don't really get it much. Hey, welcome to Ladyland, a podcast by Lady Brains, where we chat to ambitious women about what it takes to become an overnight success. Huge spoiler alert, the overnight success does not exist. We're your hosts, Caitlin, Anna, and Mava. Now get comfy, fellow Lady Brains, and ride with us to Ladyland. So far on the show, you've heard stories about women that have launched product-based businesses. We've covered everything from concept development to the manufacturing process and getting products onto the shelves with some of the biggest retailers in the world. Today's chat is slightly different to our previous ones because for the first time, we sit down with the founder of a service-based business, Carla Doors from KDPO. Carla started her own PR agency in 2016 and quickly became the go-to food and beverage agency here in Melbourne and around Australia. Boasting some big name clients like Peroni, Cappy, Broadsheet and the Lucas Group, Carla is a fantastic example of a smart and savvy businesswoman that chose a profitable niche and excelled in servicing it. Carla gives us all the tips, including how to pitch a story to journalists to get cut through and how you can ensure your business gets in and stays in the headlines. We kicked off by asking Carla about her upbringing. I um, come from parents who both worked in the public service and they definitely weren't entrepreneurial at all. And to be honest, I never, ever thought I would start my own business. Mm -hmm. As a kid, though, like just looking back on who I was, uh, I was very outgoing. I went to drama school every weekend at the National Theatre in St Kilda and, um, yeah, absolutely loved it. Was involved in every event, every musical, uh, et cetera, and committee actually. I actually applied for my first job at the minimum age of 14, nine months at St Kilda McDonald's. Great. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Rocked up. I was very excited and, like, literally the day I turned 14, nine months. And I remember the manager asked me if I was a a leader or a follower and I said, a bit of both. (laughs) I actually worked there for three years. I also modelled at the same time as well. So I was modelling, working at Macca's and studying um, at school. You know, it's funny, like a lot of people that we've interviewed haven't had entrepreneurial upbringings at all, like you, but have learned the core skills Mm. needed in order to be successful in that space, like hard work and grit and interpersonal relationships, which it sounds like. Yeah, that's so true. And I also, um, it's like even street smart as well. Like I think that's something that, yeah, I think I'm quite good at. I'm like, okay, books, book smart in terms terms of that, but I think street smart is definitely what I'm better at and... Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with being book smart. That's awesome. But I think you need to have a little bit of street smart as well because you need Mm. to actually understand how people work and especially in public relations, you know, um, it's talking all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's a nice segue. How did you get into PR? Uh, It's actually funny. Um, Like I said, I loved events. So when I finished school, I sort of wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but there was actually an event management course um, at William Anglis, the the TAFE in here in Melbourne, so that was actually my first preference. Um, my second preference was public relations at RMIT. To be honest, I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I chose event management at William Anglis, which was, yeah, a TAFE course. Um, as part of that, though, there is a public relations part and um, core unit, uh, and I absolutely love that. So we have to, um, as part of the course, you have to actually organise an event as the part of, like, the end of the course. 
And as part of that, I actually contacted all the newspapers <laughs> as well <laughs> and got them to Great. come and we got the social pages. So we had like, you know, back in the day when it was like Lily and Frank um, in the Herald Sun and, um, you know, Mick Grigg from the Sunday Age and, and yeah. also another one. So we got fantastic media coverage and I went, oh, I like this. What's this? So, um, and at the time I had a friend, Cara, who was working at Rights PR in South Melbourne and uh, she said, look, why don't you come and intern with us? So, yeah, I interned and from there sort of kept on, just worked really hard and then I freelanced uh, at Haystack and then I worked for another company called Under One Roof and that's where I actually got into the food and beverage scene more so. And then I randomly moved to Beauty EDU as a marketing manager. So that was really interesting. It was beauty school. I loved it, but I realised that I just absolutely love public relations. And so at what point in that journey did you realise that you wanted to start your own PR company? So you did that in 2016. Can you kind of take us from, yeah. you know, getting out of beauty school, beauty school dropout, <laughs> yep. into um, PR and starting your own company? I actually didn't. <laughs> oh. So I did never think of um, having my own business. So it's actually really serendipitous what happened. So I was working in beauty at EU. I'd obviously worked in PR before that for many years. And one of my old clients, uh, Jamie, who um, has Pity Pippo, Gelateria, mm-hmm. that I worked on since the start, called me and said, we miss you. We miss you doing our PR. And I was like, okay, well, that's good, but I'm in a job and I'm happy. Um, he said, you should start your own business. Like, why not? And I'm like, no, no, no. I could not think of anything worse. So I sort of went away from that conversation and then funnily enough got a call from another old client who said, look, we'd love you to be our marketing manager. Same day. And so sort of walked away from that and went, okay, what do I do? Do I start my own business? Made a few other calls from some old clients as well that I worked with um, and said, look, if I was to start my own business, would you be interested in chatting to me about doing the PR? They said, yep, we'll work with you. So what I did is actually approached the restaurant that wanted me to be the marketing manager and said, what if I'm your agency and then I help you get a marketing manager? Took a lot of convincing and a, um, a lot of meetings and proposals, but they, they agreed. It's funny that the relationships that you cultivated over so long. Yeah, mm, you can um, rely on. Yeah, totally. Mm. And it's interesting that you kind of prospected those relationships before you actually took the leap and quit and decided to do it. So was there a certain part of you that was like, okay, this is going to work because I know there are people interested? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I think that, you know, that would be something that I would advise in terms of starting your own bit like a PR agency or yeah. a um, service-based mm. agency uh, to start with a couple of, of clients. Because you don't want to start with none and then you're constantly chasing. So as long as you've got one or two, it can cover your salary, that's fine. Yeah, I actually remember, it was funny, I'll always remember that day, we met at a venue and I walked away and I went, this is the first day of my new business. And I went, this is bizarre, like this is the craziest thing. But, yeah, definitely having those clients, I felt really confident. And I knew that, I mean, it would take a little while to have that money Mm -hmm. come in because you can't invoice straight away without doing the work, but I knew there was going to be money coming in Mm. and it kind of rolled from there. How long did it take you to make that decision? Because, I mean, you have these two opportunities that would have been, that's that fork in the road moment and deciding to go out on your own is definitely not an easy or light decision to make. Did you have financial support or backing from the beginning? Did you both put money in, you and your business partner? Yeah, so we just both put money in. So we didn't have heaps of money 
to set it up. But the great thing with PR, you just send a laptop and you're good to totally. go. You're good to go. <laughs> no overheads. Yeah. yeah. Except when you start getting bigger. <laughs> but when it was when we started, it was just me. So yeah, generally we we put a bit of money in it into it just to think about branding, which is such a big thing. You know, we really put um, we worked with the company you keep. They're like one of the best like branding agencies in Australia. And, you know, some people thought that was crazy to work with, you know, such an amazing branding agency. But that's actually been something that a lot of people have spoken about when we first launched is our branding. So um, that was a bit of a cost. Actually, we didn't even, I don't think we had enough money to do like a, an amazing website. We just did a landing page. Yep. But then, you know, the costs of, yeah, I guess like a domain name, mm. email, registering all that sort of stuff. But generally that, that was kind of it at yep. the start. And then once, because the thing is, you can't, like I said before, you can't invoice until you've done a month's work. Mm. So we started, did a month's work, invoice, then didn't get paid for another month. So really we didn't have any money coming in for about two months when we started. Yeah. How did you survive in those two months? Well, it was good because we, the money we put in, that could cover it. Right. Yeah. So it was a small amount, but the money we could pay for my salary. Yeah. And then we got obviously the, um, Eight after two yeah. months, which yeah. is very exciting. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So you started off with two major clients, three, three yeah. major clients. Yeah. How did your business grow over the next sort of 12 months and how did you manage doing the work and then also getting new business? Yeah, it was. It, it's so funny looking back. I remember we had this massive launch when we first um, started and I was working till like four in the morning. You know, I was doing everything from sending out invites, managing the RSVPs, drafting media releases, pitching, managing interviews, plus doing everything else. So it was full on at the start. But I actually got a girl, Beck, to work for me three days a week. So she probably started one or two months in to the, the business starting, which was a great help. And then we got an office as well. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like how we we started and it was still a lot of work. Um, and I actually didn't get any full-time staff till about a year in. I wanted to get into the nitty gritty of PR because you say people ask you what is PR yeah. and you've mentioned a couple of things and I want to dive into that. And yeah. also what, how do you structure it? Like how do you work with your clients? Mm-hmm. Is it a monthly retainer? Mm-hmm. And what are some of the KPIs around, you know, what you do and what you have to offer? It's hard to explain but PR is obviously it's part of the marketing umbrella. Yeah. And then there's advertising. So obviously with advertising, you pay for your ad, it appears. But with PR, you might pay, I don't know, five, ten grand for something and then, you know, you do a, the brand does an interview with a journalist, it's all great, doesn't appear. And that's one of those things that's really hard and really tricky with PR and, and also KPIs. It's about actually setting a strategy from the start. And the great thing with PR is probably back in the day it was a little bit more just pure media relations, so just working with journalists and newspapers. Mm -hmm. Um, But now you've got, you know, access to influencers and bloggers, Instagrammers, you know, word of mouth even, and even B2B. There's a full gamut now in terms of PR. But in terms of how we work with clients, generally we do retainer and we do some projects it's funny because I actually spoke to a, a friend who's got her own sort of freelance PR business um, and she said, oh, I love just doing projects because it's you do it, it's new, it's fresh and you finish it, mm. um, which I agree, it's fantastic. But we really love working with our brands, and ve- especially because we work in, in food and bev, you know, we're working with restaurants um, and venues. Yep. We love doing retainer with them because yep. 
you really, I guess, submit them in the public arena for all that time. So, you know, a good example is is Arbery that we work with. We've worked with them from the from the get-go in my old business. I worked there and then they came on board with me when I first started. So we've worked with them for four, well, I have for four years and wow. KDPO for three. And then we launched Arbery Afloat. And so, you know, each year everyone knows to come to us about all the media and even influencers come to us about Arbery Afloat. We know what we're going to do. We work on these bigger stories. We reveal the the new news and mm. It's really fun, actually, to work on retainer. I also think, just going back to, I guess, projects and retainer, especially with restaurants, I think what happens is people go, all right, great, let's do a big launch party to launch this restaurant, make a big fanfare, and then it it dips. So it's actually about the three months past that launch that's actually the most important for a venue. And then ongoing because it makes me so upset. I get, you know, inquiries from restaurants that have been open for a couple of years and they've not got no one coming in and they've done, they've spent all this money on a launch and then for whatever reason you, the PR agency pops off, you know, the account and then they're doing them themselves. I know it's expensive. I know that's an extra cost, but I honestly recommend, even if it's a really low maintenance fee, just to have that agency to help I just want to ask a question because you mentioned before the importance of developing a strategic plan around PR. For people who have their own businesses that are listening that want to kind of develop a bit of a strategy, a PR strategy, how would you advise going about that? What are the things that need to be considered or thought of? End of the day, you need to think about what their PR objectives are. Uh, You need to think about who their target audiences are and then you generally will look at different ways that you can approach this. And I think that's the great thing about PR. It's multifaceted. You're not just going to do pitch to one newspaper and that's your campaign. So it's about going, well, what different things can we do as part of this? What's the strategy? So I see this sort of like we do a thing called a media matrix where we go, all right, what are the different angles first off um, that we can talk about this? What, what's new? What's, what's interesting? What's the point of difference here? Um, and who would be interested in that? you know, and who can we give something exclusively to or, and so on. But then we also look at influencers. How can we work with them? How can we work with bloggers? Can we do events? Can we do marketing initiatives for them? So it's kind of multifaceted where you just probably Mm -hmm. think of all the different areas where you can promote and you sort of put it like in a, I guess, a table or matrix where you just look at the whole thing, but also looking at it from a time point of view. So, okay, if it's launching in Jan, okay, let's get that launch press in Jan, but what's happening in March? what's happening in April. So it's kind of just looking at it as like a calendar mm. um, and all the different ways that you can get people talking about um, your brand. And do you have any examples of some of the tactics that you've kind of employed with clients after launch to ensure that they still remain relevant and yeah. talkable? And The one that comes to mind, which is quite uh, recent, is Arbury Afloat. So our team came up with the idea of doing for International Women's Day, yoga on the Yarra. Probably not the most craziest different idea that, you know, anyone's ever come up with, but I think with the news angle of International Women's Day, Mm. um, that worked really well. So what we did is, and and it was really great of them because they had to literally move every piece of furniture Mm. out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, some of the people were not happy with us. But anyway, (laughs) um, but no, the, the marketing team was like, let's do it. It's, you know, it's a great opportunity. And we actually moved away all the furniture and then we, um, 
we then implemented the whole thing. So we got Happy Melon on board, Amy, the yoga teacher there, and Lululemon supplied mats. Um, and we did a beautiful yoga session at Sunrise on International Women's Day. But the PR hook was that it was International Women's Day and it was all women. So we pitched it to the Today Show um, and they actually came down and did a live cross the whole entire morning from there, which is like in PR world, that's really together today show because <laughs> you don't really get it much. It's yeah. like getting the project as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting that. It was such a great thing. They've never done it before and, you know, something they would never have thought of, but they're now they're thinking about doing it ongoing for mm-hmm. next season. So that's probably just an example of something that came out of nowhere and we've really helped, you know, that's national for people to see that. So amazing. Obviously, Arbury would have a pretty nice budget, I imagine, to do something like that. What would your advice be to kind of smaller businesses who might not have as big a PR budget to get that kind of cut through? Maybe not that kind of cut through, but an amount of cut through. The thing that actually works really well is free stuff, especially in restaurants. Mm. Um, So, you know, we haven't done it heaps of times, but I know when I speak to editors of publications, that goes really well for them. So if there's some sort of special day where you can give like a free offer and that's only going to cost them the cost of the the food, that works quite well. But the good thing with PR, it is cheaper. So it's never going to be the same cost as advertising. So that's where it works better to do tactical things like that Mm. and just PR. And so just getting into like if someone was knows how to do PR and all they have to do is draft, you know, an amazing media release and um, pitch to a journalist and they get a piece of coverage, it's priceless. The business has obviously grown quite a bit since you started. You've now got this amazing office in Carlton (laughs) and you've got a team. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you've sort of faced as the business has grown? It was interesting because I remember the first year thinking, like a whole year in, thinking, oh, nothing's gone wrong yet. (laughs) What's going on? But then things did start, like a few things happened and, um, you know, I really took a lot of it to heart, especially because I'm not, you know, I haven't grown up with people, business owners or understanding that. And that was something that I had to learn. And I still sometimes do take things to heart and it is hard. But um, yeah, I think that you get busier. You know, something that I've always, and I learned actually from AMPR was really looking after your clients, always getting back to them and, and you know, being an extension of their team. And we got so busy and I think I said yes to too many things. And so we were very busy that we kind of missed a few things, probably the second year in. What I've realised is just part of owning your own business. Yeah. And the buck does stop with you. Yeah. And even if someone else has made a mistake, you know, it ends up on you. And so probably a couple of things that I would tell people who've got their own business um, starting out is always put things in writing. Mm. I'm very like, oh, la-di-da and, oh, let's have that conversation and great, you know, that's happening now. And then all of a sudden someone turns around that you trusted and goes against you and, you know, <laughs> says, well, no, they said this or she said this. And if it's not in writing, then, you know, there's nothing you can do. And what other advice, if any, would you give women that are either starting their own business or even career advice? Because I'm sure there are, you know, women that are starting out there, starting their career. So I probably look at it two ways. So maybe I'll talk about PR first and then having Mm -hmm. a business because, yeah, there's two different things there. If you're getting into PR, my biggest thing that I tell everyone and I, when any people I interview is intern, Mm -hmm. intern, intern, intern. 
because end of the day you can learn at uni or TAFE or whatever course you do, but with public relations is you learn on the job, you're calling media, you're learning what the pitch is, what the angle is, and then you you don't do that at uni. You can't call a journalist and pitch in a story. So when you're interning, you learn so much um, and then you also meet people through that. I mean, that's how I got my jobs um, is from interning. So I recommend that. I also think it's really important to work agency side. Obviously, there's a lot of internal PR um, opportunities as well, but it's a really different pace. Also with agency, you're working on so many different brands and clients and you just learn so much and you're doing something different every day. Um, so definitely do both. But I definitely recommend also working agency side to really understand how it all works. Um, In terms of actually business, like I said before, start with a few clients, absolutely. So you know you have money coming in and you've got work to do. (laughs) Um, But then also from that, new clients flow. Yeah. So, you know, I've been really lucky. I haven't really had to proactively search for new business ever, but it's only because of my other clients and the job Mm. I've done. So media might have recommended me or um, someone's heard that I did that launch or whatever and then they um, contact me. So that's definitely something. And like I said before, it takes a village. You're not an expert at everything. So surround yourself with experts, accountants, lawyers, IT people. They're my (laughs) favourite. I'm always like, hi, I need this email thing. And he's like, oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Do you you even know what you're asking for? (laughs) Um, Like branding agencies. Find the people. Find the people. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram, lady.brains, and head over to ladybrains.com.au to find out more about our events and other cool things that are happening.